So, Hyun, these days, language is really important. And of course, so is it to be respectful on others? So on that basis, do you have a preference in terms of what language uh, people use when, when talking mm -hmm. to you or even when you're referring to yourself? And does it change in English or Korean? For example, would it be appropriate to call you Korean or North Korean, a North Korean defector, 탈북자, 세토민, 북한, 이탈주민? What do these words mean to you, Sohyun? Well, this is really nice question, by the way. And then something that I thought about quite often because I'm not a big fan of the term North Korean defector or mm. SKP mm. and 탈북자 and 북한 이탈주민. So my preference would be the Korean or North Korean, but uh, it could uh, mislead people to think that uh, people living in North Korea have freedom to move around to different countries. Mm -hmm. And um, so I believe it is better to be more specific. But since I didn't do anything wrong in North Korea, I was just one of the um, person born in North Korea and grew up there. But I experienced the freedom world and wanted to find my own freedom mm. so i left the country so, uh, if i can and uh, have chance to change the term i would change the term to north korea freedom seeker mm. instead of north korean defector or north korean escaping that's really interesting um what is it is there any specific issue with the words defector or talbukja because they're the words that i see the most and it's very interesting. Right. It's very interesting speaking to you that you actually don't prefer them. So that's really I'm, I'm learning something. So is there anything mm -hmm. specific that you have a problem with those words or why you prefer North Korean freedom seeker? Um. So, like, as I know, uh, mm. defector has the a little bit negative meaning depending mm. on the situations, and then so and SKP as well. I believe um, calling myself as North Korean freedom seeker mm. tells more about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense because also, like you said, Sohyun, that you're you're innocent, you didn't do anything wrong, and so <laughs> the defector. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, if you are the freedom seeker, just to stay on this a bit more, what did freedom? feel like what did freedom mm -hmm. smell like when you were seeking that freedom and you got a glimpse of it um how did you become aware of it so for north korean people who are mm. brainwashed for decades it doesn't like happens like like this at mm. one moment mm -hmm. um it has to the experiences and your knowledge it has to be built up in order to you um get to the like aha moment Mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. um, change your mindset and have the motivation to seek uh, further the, your own interest and freedom mm -hmm. right, on your life. Um, so you can go uh, wherever you want and you can talk to anyone you want to talk with mm -hmm. and tell them your true feelings, thoughts, and also, you can be yourself at any situation with anyone, regardless of any restrictions. I think that's the freedom, and that's the freedom that people appreciate and want to have. 
-hmm. but um, sadly in North Korea, almost every North Korean people except the one person, the leadership, mm -hmm. uh, they don't have this basic freedom. Do you sometimes have to pinch yourself that you can go anywhere you want and say anything you want now? Do you have to remind yourself about that freedom or do you? Of you... course, uh. mm -hmm, of course. Yeah. So whenever I visit a new place, then it is just like I'm living in a dream. Like I never imagined that myself have one day um, <laughs> to visit America, the total enemy's country. Mm -hmm. And now I'm living here. So yeah it is just like a dream and wish really wish that everyone in north korea have the same uh, freedom and the rights like me mm. to freely go around the, uh, this beautiful world and you know listening to you and watching your videos it looks like you're enjoying your dream i mean it's not a nightmare this is a dream that you seem very happy with and and that's a good mm -hmm. thing that's really positive um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah, so life is not long. Mm -hmm. So there is no reason not to be positive and try your best every day. Wise words. I agree with you very much. <laughs> um, so Hyun, um, on, on your YouTube channel and, and social media, mm -hmm. this is called Pyeonghattan. So I just want to go back into North Korea a bit. And you were mm -hmm. raised you were born and raised in the North Korean capital, Pyongyang. Now, of course, in any country, the capital city is different from the countryside and things like that. It's all different. But what I would like exactly. to know is what does Pyongyang mean to North Korean people? Does it have mm -hmm. a reputation? Do people talk about it in certain ways? Does it have a nickname? Are there proverbs or sokdams about it? How do North Korean people see Pyongyang? So North, uh, to most North Korean people, especially for the non-Pyongyang citizens, Pyongyang is uh, like totally a whole different world to them. Mm. And a like dream place to live. So um, there is a nickname that for Pyongyang, which is um, the heart of North Korea. Mm. So, you know, Pyongyang as a capital of the country, it, it is a like center of the politics, economics, and culture of the country. So, um, yeah, when people like think about Pyongyang, um, they think it is very like privileged to um, a place to privilege living in. Mm -hmm. So and I think that is the another like uh, a strategy that the regime play with the people. So by limiting that uh, the access to the Pyongyang mm. and also, um, you know, as you know, there is no freedom of movement. So people cannot really like um, go to anywhere else's within their own countries. So uh, in order to get into Pyongyang, you have to have like kind of the approval letter that stating uh, where you visit and then you're going to come out from the Pyongyang and where you're going to stay and what was the purpose of staying in Pyongyang, all those like details. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then, um, you know, as I mentioned, it is center of the culture. So all those like fancy facilities and um, like, and the prestigious universities and national, um, the like 
governments mm -hmm. are all located in Pyongyang area. Mm -hmm. So it is totally uh, represents a different atmosphere from the outside of the, um, the Pyongyang cities. So when the Pyong um, people um, like visit Pyongyang, they are so impressed by the um, kind of the most up-to-date like the um, outfits mm -hmm. and the um, the appearance of uh, the Pyongyang citizens mm -hmm. and the, the facilities. So everything is so new to other people. And then I believe that the region created that kind of environment so to make them feel that it is entitled to live in Pyongyang city and mm -hmm. at the same time making the non-Pyongyang citizen to long for the life in Pyongyang. So they can like try hard to uh, pay their loyal to the regime in order to get that privileged ticket living in Pyongyang city. Do people from outside Pyongyang like, mm -hmm. visit Pyongyang, like come on day trips? For example, when we're young in different countries, we might go and visit London and we'll go see the Houses of Parliament or people visit like, the mm -hmm. Lincoln Memorial or something. Do people right. that are not Pyongyang residents in North Korea, do they come on trips inside or? Oh, yes, they, um, but it is like organized by um, the, their um, entities or like from their workplaces. Individuals, it is, individuals have rare chance to visit Pyongyang, as mm -hmm. I know, mm -hmm. unless they have uh, like relatives living in Pyongyang or like they have the business purpose. Sure. Um, yeah to visit the Pyongyang otherwise uh, they rarely have the chance and as you mentioned like people when those people visiting Pyongyang they visit those um the places like um like musical performance theaters to watch the um, performances oh, and yeah. trying the subways all those single details small things are really big deal for those people because Pyongyang is the only place have the subways and then that big scales of theaters mm. in North Korea. Mm. Yes, that's why it's the heart of North Korea. We've mm -hmm. talked, we've talked so here about Pyongyang as a single entity, just Pyongyang. But right. I, I'm sure you understand that sort of in most cities, there's a north of the river, a south of the river, there's uptown, downtown, and mm -hmm, all different mm -hmm. things like that. Is Pyongyang similar? Are there different sections of Pyongyang? Different things have different um, areas or facilities, reputations or? Um, so, like, first of all, Pyongyang is the, um, as I know, it is not a, like, planned city, so, uh, they don't have, like, a specific sector that all the, like, factories are, like, located, but, um, so, like, for example, um, the most government entities buildings are located in Junggu sector, uh, which is the nicest um, part of Pyongyang and the most central place uh, in Pyongyang. And then like for universities are not like how they are in America, like in Pyongyang, um, the universities are very uh, spread apart and in different areas. So mm. for example, the Kim Il-sung University and the uh, University of Foreign Studies are in a Taesong sector and another like Kim Tech um, techni technical university, one of the 
prestigious universities in the Chengdu sector like that. So each sector has kind of um, one or two um, universities. Mm. Um, and then, um, so like most of like fancy facilities and then the entertainment facilities are like kind of like centered in Chungu and Pyeongchang and Potong streets where the uh, transportations are uh, well like um, provided. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like for example, there's a like really popular street called Changwang Street. It is a food street right in front of Korea Hotel. Mm -hmm. And so, and yeah, there are certain like streets that like, um, shopping streets and then like food court food food corner streets mm. like that but not quite many and then you know there are like limited people who can afford those things even in Pyongyang. Sure but it's really interesting to hear that sort of city come alive a bit with the with the universities and the food streets and the shopping streets you know that's cities are i guess i i want to get onto the education and the shopping in a minute but just first about the weather mm -hmm. in the weather in pyongyang so Hyun, because in seoul the winters get really mm -hmm. cold and the su in summers it's really humid i'm sweating and we we obviously have here we have air conditioning now and uh heating and things like that mm -hmm. what's the weather in like in pyongyang and how do people deal with the heat or the cold there ah <sighs> yeah so this is something, this is a question that really like um, broke my heart whenever I remind the air conditioning here because I personally experienced that struggles and whenever I remind that so many people are going through the um, weather difficulties without air conditioning and heat, mm. it's really heartbroken. So yeah, first of all, the weather of the Pyongyang city are some similar to Seoul, but because it is um, in a higher latitude, mm. um, because so uh, it is colder during the winter and more humid in the summer season. And of course, North Korea always lack of electricity. And then many of the buildings, they don't have the air conditioning and um, heating systems are so old and they're all like out of the functions. Mm. So during the winter, the buildings are even colder than outside. And in the summer, because there is no air conditioning, people just um, use the paper to like cool themselves. Mm. Actually, um, last summer, I parked my car outside and then um, like came back like seven hours later after my work. And when I come back to my car, like it was like burning inside. Right. And then um, while I was waiting inside of my car, the car like um, become cool. Mm. Uh, mm. I reminded that North Korean people's life. And then <laughs> I was almost like crying because, yeah, I remember that when I was in um, Kim Il-sung University, studying in Kim Il-sung University, that during the winter season, it was so cold mm. and yeah, we just carried that, um, purchased a, like, um, what is that, heater? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, our students, we collect money and then we purchase a heater together and then place that inside the room. So, um, but it was only available because we, like our classmates, they were um, have that money to afford those things, but people who don't have money to afford those things, actually they are dying during the night in the winter season. Uh, from the like cold winter mm, a lot right. of people in Pyongyang city yeah I can't imagine how bad those conditions might be do you mm -hmm. have hot packs I'm not sure if you, in, in South Korea kids use a hot pack so it's like a little thing they'll shake and put in their pocket keeps their hands warm it's not electric or anything but it's like about mm -hmm. this big and they shake it up and it heats up and they use it for their hands do people use those in North Korea Maybe. of many people very limited people and those people are who has the families uh, living abroad as uh, like diplomats and uh, like uh, business officers right. uh, outside of North Korea. So their family members uh, send their children on certain, send um, to their family members those like hot packs, but mm. it is quite um, cost a uh, lot of money to North Korean people. Sure. Like, so um, they rather use the like water packs yeah yep, yep. put, put the hot water and then use that as a like hot pack it's a nice segue to my next question because when i was young when i was a young boy in the south mm. of england we used to use hot water bottles in the bed to keep us warm uh, <laughs> and I and i want to ask you sohyun about um your childhood growing up and in terms of toys because you just said there mm -hmm. that hot packs weren't common now when i grew up i had sort of transformers or star wars my kids now have nintendos when when you were growing <laughs> up um with your brother your friends what kind of things did you play with what did you have for entertainment and what was what were you doing so um in north korea there are not many those like pro products like toy for example toys and i never seen lego when i was growing up in north right. korea uh so most of the north korean kids they just play with the natural things like the soils outside and then um like play with some handmade um the like wood sticks oh. or any of those like toys made in wood by their parents or like grandpas um so and some people uh young children who they played those like gamers like the old version gamers like mm -hmm. um playing the um what is that <sighs> tetris mm -hmm. and then the tank games mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah okay. so uh yeah i didn't have any like one of those gamers at home so um i often visit my neighbor's home and play with over there um and then i think i personally like to play those like um with the like papers and then like painting it with the crayons mm. and like you know there's just girls play sure mm -hmm. it sounds like a normal kid's childhood really in terms of that you know just playing and, and painting and drawing do do people play i'm not sure the words hide and seek or like oh, tag yes. and those kind of things they're just right kids games. i know <laughs> yeah it is also like very popular and traditional like game in korea even mm. in north korea so um i 
yeah, when my brother is off from school, I always ask him to play hide and seek at home. And uh, I'm the one who was always hiding and my brother played the role, like looking for me and, you know. So, oh um, yeah, rest of it are, are very similar to like other people mm. anywhere else. But the only thing is that uh, they don't have much products to play with. And then uh, once they get into school, they don't have much time to play with their friends. Sure. It's really interesting to hear that, you know, all kids love playing hide and seek. <laughs> it's just something. You mentioned there, Sohyun, getting into school. And I want to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about your education. Um, you went to the Pyongyang Gumsan Academy for elementary school, mm -hmm. the same as the current first lady, uh, Ri Holju. Um, and I want to ask you about education because in South Korea, Sohyun, education is really important. Like parents really push their children to study. They'll have private tutors. They'll go to hagwons, even if they're rich or poor, like education is a really serious thing. What's it like in North Korea? Was there a lot of pressure on young children to study? Did you study long hours? Was it a little bit freer? What was that like? So surprisingly, there are a lot of differences between South and North Korea. Mm. But what I do having what they do have in common is their uh, value of education. I think mm. so. Um, it is same in uh, North Korea too. They seem as education as they like um, the way of climbing the social ladders. So um, the parents put much effort on education in. Pyongyang at least. Mm -hmm. So um, my only education in North Korea, so I played electronic piano in my kindergarten. So that mm. was, I was able to get into the Kumsong Academy. So as you might know, Kumsong Academy is a very special school and uh, which means um, you, you're gonna have the like audition um, right. for the schools. And then you have to play it in front of the like um, the um, the teachers mm -hmm. and the examiners, and then once you pass that audition, then you are able to get into the school. Um, so actually, um, Pyongyang childrens are they are living a lot of pressure coming from studying and competing each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is, uh, it is like all the way over to the college. So it is very similar to South Korea. Uh, people study, students study hard from the elementary school all the way up to high school in order to get into the good universities. Because um, there is a cut lines in North Korea too, but it is more like complicated process than South Korea for the um, like getting to the universities. Is it no, of course, North Korea does have it problems. Is it quite meritocratic? What I mean by that is if you study really well, you can get mm -hmm. to those things. Is there an element mm -hmm. of it being fair? So you do well, you study hard, then you pass the test, you can go to those schools. Or is it quite always based on just your family and things like that? I would say this combination of both uh, conditions, but mm. uh, now um, like, like the family background doesn't really matters. Like it cannot cover your like poor academic scores. Mm -hmm. So um, 
even if you have a good family background and support, you have to prove that um, a certain um, like academic preferences. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, like I uh, entered Kimesung University, but in order to get into the um, good colleges in North Korea, you're gonna go through like total three tests. So right. the first test starts from the school because schools have the like uh, limited numbers that they can send to the like um, the next level of test. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, through the first test, they're gonna cut off like the so many students who apply for the Kimisu University and only gonna send like certain numbers, like three or five students to the uh, next level of test. And the mm -hmm. next level of test organized in by the uh, each sectors. And then the each sector tests um, also gonna cut the numerous students who apply for Kimisu University and gonna send uh, like hundred students from each sector to the um the final test so but the final test is not only gonna test your academics it also gonna test your physical performance so only students who are like academic mm. and uh, academically physically ready to loyal to the regime can get into the um good colleges in north korea I thought South Korean education was hard. North Korean sounds even harder with the physical and the ideological. Mm -hmm. we, we'll get to there, but first you went to Pyongyang Foreign Language School, Sohyun, mm -hmm. and there you studied Chinese and English. Um, yes. Did you did you have any foreign teachers when you studied there? What kind of materials were you using when you first mm -hmm. heard English? What was that kind of initial exposure like? What was it like studying foreign languages inside North Korea? So uh, foreign languages, I would say the quality of um, the English teaching in North Korea is pretty um, higher than in China, actually, because I don't know, because it was a really special school just mm. educating the like language majors, but um, all the material, studying materials were imported from um, Britain uh, because North Korea seems that um, English language is a uh, um, standard English. Mm -hmm. So that's why they prefer the British accents and British those uh, materials. Mm -hmm. So that was my first time exposed to learning English. And then it was quite fun, but um, I, I knew that there is like foreign language teachers from like New Zealand or like Britain mm. and like third countries like Australia, but um, actually they are only available for the college student, not okay. for the like middle and high school students. So I never had chance to actually take their classes, but uh, I knew that there are some those foreign teachers at um, our, what is that facility. Mm. Your your language skills are great, I must say. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Full you. Full respect to you. Um, when you just to stay on that for one bit, English is obviously mm -hmm. a very different language from Korean, and I have my own struggles with Korean. And when I speak Korean, I feel like I have to change a little bit the way I'm thinking, the sentence structures. Mm -hmm. I have to drop my pronouns, use honorific languages, get into that. When mm -hmm. you learn English 
did you was it kind of like the language of the enemy did you embrace it did it change the way you think or was it just just a skill like piano or chinese um i think i learned the language without too much thought about those details right. I, it was just a, one of the skill i um to me at the time mm. so um like in north korea um students are taught more those like direct translation of the korean to english mm -hmm. so we used um okay i i was i said we again here but mm -hmm. yes i used we more than i even in english mm -hmm. uh -huh, because mm -hmm. um in north korea as a collect um collectivism country mm. they prioritize we all the time right put mm. we first then i over the i so mm. um and then i when i restarting my english in america i realized the like components of i and in language and saw the like differences and uh, influence of language but when i was studying in north korea i didn't aware of those like details sure. and yeah it was just a matter of like mastering a skill <laughs> in order to you know um, get a higher scores and uh, get a good job in the future mm. and and you did that you got the high scores and you attended kim il-sung university right and so you you passed it you did all that um what can you just give us an idea of what kim il-sung university is is like is it the university in north korea was it always expected that you would go there when you got in were your parents really happy mm -hmm. did you have a party what was it like getting into kim il-sung university so um originally i didn't quite expect to go to kim il-sung university because i um the students who um going through the foreign language schools the pass Mm. Uh, they automatically can go to the uh, the foreign university of foreign studies mm. so um and then because it is more like specialized in languages i just preferred going to that school and then uh, with the advice uh, from my dad uh, i uh, ended up um, pick the chemistry university mm. but i didn't worry about too much to get into school because my academic scores were pretty good i was a good student and then someone who managed it like academic performance like always mm. um like in a higher ranking and then um because my dad um was a like hero of labor mm -hmm. um so i'm getting extra credit for that um, but we are super excited because i was the first person from my family who get into the chemistry university <laughs> but it shows you i think the importance so of two things one is that your own diligence and your own efforts and then also to have the family around you that's really important right the, the support right. and the efforts mm -hmm. that they give I can, I can really feel that from you the importance of your father and the family um in university life um mm -hmm. normally let's say in the way when i was growing up or even here in south korea the social life is a really big part of it so you know you join you join clubs a theater club a football club you go drinking there's a whole social life that exists at university outside of the classroom um does 
Kim Il Sung University have music clubs, sports clubs, theatre clubs? Does that also happen, or? I wish there is one. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they don't have any of those clubs. So, um, all of the university students in North Korea they are member of the Socialist Paradise uh, Youth League, and the regime doesn't allow students to have different any different form of community. Mm. So it is prohibited. It's it's a really interesting name, the Socialist Paradise Youth League. Actually, that... these names has been changed so many times um, mm. after Kim Jong Un took power. So it used to be Kim Il Sung Youth League, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then he changed it to Kim Jong Il Youth League, and then finally he changed it into like Socialist Paradise Youth League. So, yeah. It's everything can be changed with just one single word from his mouth. Mm. So it is so confused even to me, someone from North Korea. But I guess the important thing is there was no sort of theater club, sports clubs. You couldn't go into your own clubs. You had to be part of that one group. No, right? yeah. not at all. Not at all. This, this again, this might seem like a stupid question. So do please forgive me, Sohyun. But are, no there, <laughs> are there bars and clubs in Pyongyang, like on a Friday night, that people get dressed up and go out on the town or they look for a boyfriend or girlfriend? Like, because that's mm -hmm. a normal part of most people's growing up lives. But I'm, right. just, I'm just curious about North Korea. Does that kind of thing happen or? Not quite, <laughs> not quite. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, first of all, there is no clubs in North Korea, and there are some bars um, in the hotels for the um, the foreigners' use purpose. Yeah. But uh, it also like open to the public, North Korean people. But you know how many people can afford that prices in mm. North Korea? So uh, Friday yeah. night is not a, like the time when they enjoy it. Uh, for their extra social life because um, North Korea only have the one weekend day, which is Sunday, and um, they like work until Saturdays and mm. go to school until Saturdays. So, um, yeah, Friday night, they don't really like enjoy the relaxing and hang around with people. Okay. Do... um. Do people, your father or people around you, did they, would they drink soju in the evening? Like just on a normal weekday or something when they have dinner, would it be common to have a drink, mm -hmm. a, a drink at home, a beer or a soju or something like that? Or Oh, yes. Yes. Um, people drinks, beers and alcohols. Yeah, there is also Pyongyang soju too mm -hmm. uh, in North Korea. So, um, and there's not much things that people can enjoy <laughs> except drinking mm, mm, as mm. well. So uh, I believe North Korean people, they enjoy those like beverages, like just like South Korean people. So I believe Koreans um, have that blood <laughs> enjoying the Arcros. There's the answer, yeah. Um, this is... <laughs> Again, this is going to be quite a strange question, but how does dating work mm -hmm. in North Korea? So I guess there's no Tinders on people's phones. They're not swiping left or right, but people 
still i guess they fall in love they break up they get married they they date just like normal people so how does how does dating work in north korea do, do they go to picnics or date? what what goes on sohyun uh good question so as you mentioned there is no tinders in mm -hmm. north korea and no internet so um people like either meet through mutual friends or like uh, meeting the like partners from their like schools and the workplace or like from the same neighbors mm. so that was the most common way that um like they can meet the uh dating partners and uh, as i know and then like rarely people also being like um like hunted on the street by mm -hmm. strangers so um i would say like north korean men are more brave than um like other places i think mm -hmm. That environment without the dating apps and the internet kind of like motivate them to be more proactive on the street to ask us the like phone numbers. <laughs> and actually, it is kind of scary, but there are some guys like follow, follow the girls all the way to their like apartments and kind of like, um, what is that? Mm, what is the term? I can't record it. Um, I mean like stalking like following yeah stalking mm. yeah stalking stalking the walls yeah mm -hmm. obviously obviously that's very dangerous i'm suddenly curious that what a north korean pickup line or chat up line might be when a north korean man sees a woman on the street that he's interested to what might be his first sentence to them like Maybe there'll be some research done on that. Um, <laughs> I think it depends on the personality. Yeah, it's going to be, they, they're going to have their own like skills to approach the woman on the street. Yeah. But uh, like, if it's a gentleman, then they're going to be very like straight. They're like, I really appreciate your like, what is that uh, appearance? And I mm. want to be like, be a friend of you. Like, yeah, more common, they use the like friend term sure. and then, yeah get the phone number but i don't think that many girls like uh many girls give them the actual like their information because it is too dangerous yeah giving self what is that information to a stranger on the street stranger danger is a real thing yeah absolutely right. um another sort of so we talked a little bit about sort of tinder and internet um in in things like crash landing on you it's mm -hmm. that big sort of uh -huh. south korean drama we see north korean people watching south korean dramas or using south korean rice cookers um what was your experience of this did you watch any south korean programs or listen to any south korean music or was it around you was that too secretive was it dangerous mm -hmm. yes it is super dangerous um like watching the south korean like the content in North Korea. Mm. Um, so it is even more dangerous than watching American movies because they, North Korean regime said that um, America is an eternal enemy, but actually they um, are, they feel more threatened by the influence of South Korea. Mm -hmm. So um, they punish even severely um, those people who are being caught by watching South Korean media. Um, and so, then, 
my dad always like kind of have a very he's a by the way he's a very like principal person and then so he has very like strict rules that follow the rules nothing bad will happen and then never even um have the intention to do anything that the regime uh didn't allow to do it mm. uh, because um like the higher position in north korea means the higher uh risk following after anything bad happened yeah. so like for example if i was caught by watching south in drama uh, i'm not the only person gonna be punished but there is a high chance that my entire family is gonna be punished mm. so it is definitely not worth to take that risk however we cannot have in the curiosity of the you know so i secretly watch it just one south korean drama and which is like quite rare case compared to my friends mm. <laughs> uh, and it was really interesting. Um, and I cried a lot. I believe that name of um, drama was like, uh, what was that? It was really popular Korean drama. But yeah, I cried a lot. And mm. I was young at the time. So I didn't have much like thoughts about the love. But I was really sad that the main character uh, was being separated with their um, like parents mm. and then like crying alone like during the night so i think that was the part i felt really like uh like sad for the <laughs> woman uh, but i didn't watch that much like south korean media in north korea and actually i watched it um, uh, when i was studying in china it's it's really interesting to hear that human side of it that even though you're very diligent student studying hard respecting your parents still i just want one drama please one drama. Right. That's, that's that's what people do i think isn't it yeah yeah and like uh so one time i was caught by my brother that like listening to south korean music and mm. which is um what is that downloaded by accident from mm my another friend on my mp4 but uh like my so i was caught by my brother mm. and then <laughs> he just like tickle he took away my mp4 and uh, so from this like one incident you can see how my family members were so serious about like um having the access to the south korean media yeah yeah, no, and it sounds like a serious situation from what you say. Mm -hmm, um, just one last thing, I think, Sohyun, on this social mm -hmm. life. Um, in a recent video, you spoke about the Desong uh, department store, mm -hmm. um, and that accepts dollars, euros, and South Korean won. I was just curious. North Korean won. Uh, North Korean won. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be a bit strange, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. But are, are credit cards a thing in North Korea? Do people use plastic or buy now pay later is it all up front is there anything beyond is there a is there a credit uh, card system no there is no credit card system at all in north korea and actually until 2000 um 2011 or 12 there was no um like card form at all mm. so uh, after kim jong took power he actually introduced like um the <sighs> I will say this 
checking card. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Check card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check card. So like, the name of the check card was like Mide, like name future, mm. but um, people are hesitant to use that card because then they need to um, deposit the money, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know North Korean people only get like 50 average 50 cent for their monthly salary. So if someone put more than 50 cent on their <laughs> bank account, then mm. which means um, which means they have the like outside of the source uh, owning the money. And yeah. then the government gonna trace back to you and it come uh, like investigate how you get this money. So uh, unless you are <laughs> stupid person, mm-hmm. um, yeah, people, yeah, uh, don't want to use that um, check card because it it's gonna definitely end up create more problem to their uh, life. Is just to stay on this one more then mm-hmm. is money then is like cash or currency generally mm-hmm. then sort of kept in the house is it hidden under the mattress or in the books or is it put in a bank or i don't know if that's real i'm not quite sure how they hide those money because i never personally like hide the money in North korea okay. but uh what i from heard uh from other different cases that who are being caught mm-hmm. or like captured um um, that they hide their money, like um, making a like secret uh, place at their home, or like hiding their wardrobe, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to, if I can, so here move to another one of the videos that you released on your channel. Mm-hmm. And um, for any people listening, I'll link these below. In one of your videos, so Hyun, you spend some time looking at the claims by North Korean vloggers based in Pyongyang, mm-hmm. like Gunha. And from my perspective, I found some of these videos very interesting because it was you don't normally get to see North Korean vlogs. It was kind of in Xinjie. It was it was new, but you right. sort of you had a, a perhaps a different view. So. Mm-hmm. What was your take on these North Korean vlogs as a North Korean? Do you think that they're they're dangerous? Should they be banned? Is North Korea trying to change its image? What are these vlogs to you, Sohyun? So, I believe uh, North Korean regime published this on the like um, social media that where um, people around the world can have have the access to is. Um, because they want to change their image and then um, propagate the country in a good way and which is like far from the reality of the North Korean people's actual life. Mm. Um, so I think it is really kind of dangerous to be exposed to people um, who don't really understand the regime. Like, so... Um, I wish that my uh, explanation, um, like reviewing of these like vlogs, can help them to have a better understanding the regime. So um, it is not quite um, what is that right approach to believe what you are seeing on the North right. Korean propaganda videos. Right. So you should keep that in mind. Um, the actual life is different, and they are only showing the good part of the country and 
often exaggerate the parts. Sure, no, definitely worth <laughs> keeping in mind. Um, I I want to ask you just a, a few political questions now, if I can, mm -hmm. Sohyun. Um, sure. You, you made a video with your brother about elections in North Korea and how they work and, for example, how you know, Chairman Kim Jong-un might receive 99.7 of the vote. And so I want to ask you about the leader of North Korea from your perspective, because I understand that it might be different from saying having a prime minister or having a president in another country, that sort of democrat democratically elected leader. Um, what kind of position does the national leader, the, the, the chairman, play in North Korean society? How is that person viewed by the public and is it different from a Western president? Yeah, it is definitely different from the Western president. And um, the best way I can describe the like role of the chairman Kim Jong-un's position in North Korea is that he is a god in mm. North Korea. So Kim family um, throughout the more than 75 years rolling um, build a like absolute power in the regime. So they depicted, uh, depicted themselves as a God figure in the country and their words are um, above of the um, constitutions and any laws in North Korea. So yeah, basically if anyone um, then vote for Kim Jong-un, which means um, it's a like death penalty for the person. So mm. it is kind of forced voting, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much a president or a leader, but it's more like a, a god, an absolute figure, like a theocracy. Right. So no matter if they have the election or not, nothing mm. is going to be changed. The reason they maintain the election process is just to, to show the outside world that we are a democratic country mm. as it is um, in the name of the, like, uh, what is the formal country name? Yeah, yeah. They give that image of being democratic, even if right. the reality is not there. Um, exactly. From, that's the leader. But then if we look at the structure, you made a video about socialism and morality in North Korea mm -hmm. in terms of how North Korean students are educated. Now, in North Korean studies, I see people arguing North Korea is a socialist country. It's a feudal country. It's a theocracy. Is it? Um, could you try to explain us what explain to us what socialism or communism is in North Korea? How does it come about in your day to day life? Is it a socialist country, a communist country? And how is it different from life, for example, in the United States? This is a really deep question. I wish I can explain it. I mean, I believe it, it only can explain a like long paper, but let me try mm -hmm. my best to explain it briefly. So um, socialism in North Korea is all about collectivism. So as I mentioned earlier, we comes over I. Mm. Individuals are being forced to sacrifice their own interest and comfort for the benefit of groups. And then um, um, the groups are forced to sacrifice and follow the leadership without question. So, um, and 
at the same time, it doesn't allow individuals the ownership of private property. The government owns everything um, in the name of, under the name of the like fair uh, distribution mm -hmm. and like you know justice life. Uh, now and then, however, now since the Kim Jong Un represents the government itself in North Korea, which means Kim Jong Un owns everything in North Korea. I believe like North Korea started with the socialism country and now it has turned into the like theocracy around the cult of the Kim family. Mm. So the way how I see it um, is that communism is a beautiful ideology where everyone argues for a fair life for you know everything and every aspect of their life but uh, it misses our human like nature of self-interest and self what is that um preservation so resulting in the like never before seen absolute theocracy system mm -hmm. of north korea so yeah that's the whole way I, I see the north korean society so it is not communism mm. but communism definitely has the contribution make the north korea became a absolute theocracy mm, yeah. one of the first points you mentioned sohyun was this kind of um elevation of the we like the uri over the eye, right. as mm -hmm. well as the economic distribution but the first one was that um I, I i imagine that it's probably hard for someone like me to understand what that feeling of Uri would be like that we over a whole population mm -hmm. are you able to try to describe or give us any information what it feels like to be part of that kind of like we are one country we are together in can you please repeat your question again like uh, what is the actual we like look like in North Korea Yes. Was that your question? Yeah, my, that was my question. So you said that when I mm -hmm. asked you how communism or socialism is in, in North Korea, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. said that there is the idea of distributing equally, that idea, but right. then Kim Jong-un has taken it in a cult of personality. Mm -hmm. But you also talked first about this togetherness, that there's this kind of like we togetherness. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of curious because I don't think I've really lived in a country like that or felt where that might exist so i was wondering if you could try to explain uh what that kind of we feels like in a in a north mm -hmm. korean sense well this is really like hard to describe because i was unconsciously kind of like brainwashed with that idea and mm. the way I, how i see is that um it is the process of like removing your um, the color of individuals. Mm. So I don't know if it is sufficient to answer your question, but no, that's it. Yeah, that, that, I get it. That that does answer the question. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Thank you. What do you What do you hope for the future of North Korea, Sohyun? So I, I wonder if your heart and your head might tell you different things. And of course, so many mm -hmm. people have made predictions about North Korea over the last 75 years and many many people have been wrong about what would happen um but do you do you have a sense of what might happen in the next 5 10 20 years does does your heart or your head tell you different things what would you like to happen for 
first of all, um, it is really hard to predict mm. because, you know, um, like, I, I'm not the one, like, what is that? Misindengi? Do you know what the term is? Someone who can predict the future. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, so I definitely want North Korean people to become free from that oppression regime. And then um, Kim Jong-un, he doesn't qualify for the leadership position at all. He is, as I always say, he has no quality to the um, lead a country and I believe he doesn't care about his people at all. Mm. Um, he live for only her own interests and this kind of person cannot be in that position. Mm. So I wish I can predict the future of North Korea, but because I don't have that ability to predict what I'm going to do is I'll try with my best mm. to help the North Korean people become free. So I will continue my um, human rights advocates work and also um, participating in any projects and as a like consultants to help the people um, being informed with the like um, accurate information mm. and by having so so that they can have a like better understanding of the regime and the country then uh, and making a better policies on the issues sure and so you can try to help create more north korean freedom seekers such as yourself That's yeah, a, exactly yeah. many many people will be supporting you on that so hyun you just said in that about having people having accurate information about the nature of north korea the nature of the north korean regime Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding or misconception that you see about North Korea? What do people sometimes get wrong when they write about North Korea? Or perhaps what advice would you have for people like me, perhaps, that sometimes write about North Korea? What do we need to do better and understand more about it? Um, like at this moment, I can recall like major two points. So first thing is that uh, there is many misconceptions that people think the elites and then the high-ranking officers, um, they are supportive um, of Kim Jong-un, but which is not true. Um, so they are just acting, they are supporting the regime because of the guilt by association. Mm. So, Guilt by association is a penalty that, um, like, basically punishing uh, your entire family because of your own action or, like, one action or a single word. Mm. So, uh, it is just not a matter of, like, risking your own life. So, thinking of your, like, three generations of your family, it is kind of like really like glamorous um, decision mm. to fight against the regime. So that's the something that hold them back from um, going against the regime and Kim dictators. But it doesn't mean that they are supporting the regime and then supporting the Kim Jong Un. Um, like unless 
so unless they are completely are not aware of the outside world. And there are many actual uh, high-ranking officers aware of the, um, the like international situations and the problem of the system, mm -hmm. um, but they don't have many option and to um, like attempt the new changes and they are kind of afraid that uh, like what would happen to them in the future uh, once they get rid of Kim Jong-un. So I think that's the like something our uh, people who are outside of North Korea should um, work on and to give them that like blueprint of the future of North Korea. So people, um, and then tell them that people can live well under the freedom and with the basic human rights are guaranteed world. Mm, yeah, after, without the Kim Jong-un's dictatorship. So it's, it's really interesting to hear this idea that perhaps there are many, or there are some of the elite class in North Korea that don't support Kim Jong-un, but they fear mm -hmm. the punishment. They fear this, especially the guilt by association and, and collective right. punishment. So many North Korean um, high-ranking officers they actually feel like, like you know, feel the like moral dilemmas, like, mm. and, um, and oh yeah, another misconception is that um, because of the narratives of most North Korean defectors, people think that all the North Korean elites are like bad people, always try to take advantage of the like publics, but um, which is not true at all. I mean, it is somehow true but not all of them are like that Cert there are certain like people working for the like certain sectors like investigating the people as a like intelligence officer or the uh, like state like security department officer uh, their their main jobs are like going after the person and then like checking up like and investigating the things issues so they are the main people that kind of like giving gives the hard time to the public, but like yeah. majority of like people are not that <laughs> as bad as what they've been described by many North Korean defectors. Mm. And um, what else? The oh yeah, the last point was about that tonchu. So actually, I heard this term for the first time when I um, arrived in South Korea and um, like people talked about that, like, so were you part of like Tonchu in North Korea? And then like, what was Tonchu mean? And then um, they described that someone has a lot of like wealth um, as a Tonchu. Mm. But I believe that this term is like only a term they used in like border areas. And uh, what I want to specifically tell about this term is that it creates more like misconception that people in North Korea have the uh, ownership of private poverty, mm -hmm. right? Which uh, is not. And that's why people hide their um, money, the extra money, um, like in their home or like different places and then report to the country about their incomes. Um, 
I think that's a really nice point that we shouldn't see all of these people as bad people, that they're people doing mm -hmm. their, their things. No, I, I like that, Sohyun. Um, this might be just jumping back a bit. I'm not sure if it's an awkward question, but I mm -hmm. read a lot a bit just because when you mention elites and private property, mm -hmm. I read a lot about the Songbun system and mm -hmm. like class. And now in, in the United Kingdom, we can often tell class by um, somebody's accent or somebody's name. There are these kind of class demarcators that we can tell are oh, that person's middle, mm -hmm. that person's upper class. Is that kind of class in North Korea real, that kind of Songbun thing? And can you tell people's class or? Um, I don't think like in North Korea, people can dare um, the test, like uh, like depending on their accent or appearance in North Korea. Mm. And first of all, I was not aware of someone at all when I was in North Korea. Wow. Right? Okay. It, it was like just like um, fish is doesn't, well, a fish doesn't aware that they are living underwater, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was. And I didn't really like feel that I was privileged as a like part of the elite um, when I grew up in North Korea. Mm -hmm. I I knew that I uh, lived comfortable um, compared to other North Korean people, but it's all relative things. So mm -hmm. my life was comfortable compared to the gen general public in North Korea. But if I compare that my life to any of the like. British people or American people, mm. it is even not close to comfortable at all. Sure. So, yeah, that is a really tricky part to explain that people and then something um, even North Korean people are not quite understand because they don't publicly like announce people, oh yeah, you're part of this like good Sangbun family and you're a part of it. So unless um, people normally don't find that out what part of class they are um, until they actually face any those like these advantages mm -hmm. uh, because of that um, Songbun system in North Korea. So, for example, uh, I have seen that some of the um, people they uh, they couldn't get into the college because their what of family members. Um, like disappeared during the like war and then they regarded that uh, their her family member um, like committed the um, anti um, North Korean activities in South Korea mm -hmm. so all those things so they until you get into the college or like get a jobs uh, you're most people in North Korea, they don't really realize what Songbun they are. And if you never experience these things, problems in North Korea, then uh, until you die, there is less chance you find that out. <laughs> I love the idea of being the fish in the goldfish bowl. You don't realize that you're swimming in right. the water. Everybody else is, mm -hmm. is pointing to this thing, but you, you don't see it. It's a perfect analogy for that. Um, you mentioned very briefly sort of going to South, uh, South Korea and people sort of using these words at you. Um, just very briefly, Sohyun, what was it like? Did you feel closeness to South Korean people, sort of culturally, linguistically? Was that difficult? Mm -hmm. Or what was your perception of South Korean people interacting with them? Um, so because I um, lived in China for quite a long time, so um, I didn't experience much like difficulties in language differences when I mm -hmm. first got to um, South Korea. And 
Um, but uh, I was not quite comfortable because I was not able to tell them uh, where I'm from because of the security reasons. Mm. Um, and then it was so like sad to find that out. Um, people from North Korea are being kind of discriminated in South Korea mm. um, because they have less education and because they have uh, they are coming from totally different background. They are all like, we are all same like Korean people and being born in North Korea is not their fault at all. And yeah, it is so sad, but I, at the same time, I also understand that why it happens because, you know, like people are, there are some people who are really good at accustomed to new environment. And there are some people are not quite good at like, you know, are changing themselves um, like to their new environment. So, mm -hmm. and of course we, we cannot expect all South Korean people are being like patients with this uh, slow process. So I think like it is just a matter of like both side of like North Korean defectors and then South Korean people are being more open-minded to each other and just like, looking them as a, like babies who are like just having the first step of their like walking so no that is really sad and we see lots of stories about that in the press here and i guess i guess for many south korean people they've grown up although it's not comparable to north korean propaganda or brainwashing but they've also mm -hmm. if they grew up in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s they would have grown mm -hmm. up with south korean ideas and mentality about north korea which is right yes yeah, that, that is one of the reasons, I think, so. We're all mm -hmm. in our little goldfish bowls somehow, aren't we? And that's why I try, <laughs> try to talk and understand other people's goldfish bowls, so I can. Um, okay. just, just looking forward, what is next for you? So I understand mm -hmm. that you're attending graduate school. What do you hope to achieve? What can we perhaps see on your YouTube channel going forward? What what comes next for Sohyun? Um, so... I just finished my um, application for graduate school, so, so I'm not a graduate student yet. Yeah. But I hope, like this year, I can enter a graduate school. And then, so my personal goal is going to be um, helping North Korean people, mm. you know, enjoy the freedom I'm enjoying now here and just want to open the door for them to come out from the like cage. And then that's the main reason um, I want to like study hard and work hard and also um, commit my YouTube activism mm -hmm. to um, inform the international society about the true nature of the Kim regime and the real life of North Korean people and just highlight the um, unknown like aspects of the like um, North Korea um, to people because um, everyone coming from North Korea has their unique own experience because the isolated country isol um, isolate people within itself. So that's why, so um, I just wanna like, you know, help out people to be well informed about the nation and then bring more awareness of the situation so that we can all come together and help out um, for North Korean people. So we definitely need to 
um, separate North Korean dictator and North Korean people, then we can um, close to the one's next step, like bring North Korean people. So the only reason and only like evil from North Korea is the dictator and everyone else, they might be some people are like, you know, committed the bad crimes like in the past, but they're gonna be like judged by the like international laws later, but we cannot like put them aside of the Kim Jong-un, which mm -hmm. means that we're gonna like giving the Kim Jong-un more like support and because so, yeah. he's the main reason why um, 25 million people are suffering um in this 21st century and i believe that's the thing that i can do well and i have the responsibility to do and so yeah so free north korea is going to be just my life mm -hmm. no and i think many people will support you on that and your your youtube channel i think which people should check out does a great way of uh, looking at some of those issues I don't know if this question is too personal, Sohyun, but what are you going to study? If you study at graduate school, will it be will it be languages still like English and Chinese? You did all that before. Will mm -hmm. it be sort of human? Is there a particular field that you want to study or? So I want to study international affairs. So I studied uh, my major in North Korea was Chinese and mm. then I studied finance uh, at uh, Chinese Dongbei University. Mm. Um, and then like i've been engaging in north korean human rights activities and information dissemination um after i resettled in america and through those like um like engagement i realized that um the north korean human rights issues are deeply entangled with the international security issues yeah. so i want to have a like new approach on that sector but i noticed that i need professional education in the international security and affairs and then also the political development so mm -hmm. that's how i became pursue the graduate studies now mm -hmm. and um and then like i don't know where you're going to use this part but like the the main reason i named my channel pyonghattan is because I want to bring the like freedom of Manhattan people to Pyongyang as, so, as North Korea seem as uh, seem Pyongyang as the heart of North Korea um like there is a high chance that um the entire country became free when we first free Pyongyang mm, yeah that's and it, it sounds great as well, Pyonghattan. I must admit, it has a perfect, <laughs> It sounds better than like Pyong London or something like that. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's a really good one. Pyong London. Not quite. That would be your second series. No. Um, Maybe. <laughs> my last question for you today, so Hyun, mm -hmm. I'm really thankful for your time. My last question for you today is: um, We're all in this world together. Um, what is the purpose of life? What should we be living for? And how can we make people's experiences here more rewarding and valuable? Um, this is another really deep question. <laughs> I wish I was a uh, like, great philosopher <laughs> who can explain this really in a nice way. <laughs> but um, what is the purpose of life? I mean, 
I definitely don't think that purpose of life is just like um, eating, <laughs> sleeping, and going to work. Um, like we are only gonna like born once, right? I believe so. So mm. want to do some meaningful thing, not only for myself but for my community. So, and I believe. It is more rewarding when you see other people like, yeah, find more happier life, um, like with your help. Then, yeah, that's another way that you can live a meaningful life. <laughs> I, from talking to you today, Sohyun, I've, I'm always changing my answer to this question about meaning of life. But from talking to you today. I've realized the value of understanding other people's goldfishes bulbs. You know, we, get, <laughs> we can get so stuck in our own and so stuck in right. our own, our own exactly. goals, our own dreams and desires. But mm -hmm. to see other people's goldfishes, goldfish bowls, I think that's a really nice thing. Thank you so much for your comment. I, yeah, I also learned a lot from your questions and your comments. It was really like, um, you know, great time to having this conversation and interviewing with you. And thank you very much for giving this opportunity.